What is good, everybody? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel, the Talking Sports with Manny podcast. On tonight, I have a special guest for you guys tonight. This is my guy, Jesse Moller, Moller mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, he's a contributor for the League Winners. This guy right here knows the stuff. He's always dropping gems and gems and gems for tweets, and I'm just like taking notes, man. So Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the show today. I know you're going through a lot. Your family's going through a lot, man. Continued prayers for you guys that you guys, you know, get fully, fully recovered, man. So other than that, what's going on, brother? Well, yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I very much appreciate it. Um, it's our first time ever, like, chatting in person. So it's, it, it's, nice, yeah. it's nice to put a face to the name. But, yeah, um, it's doing pretty good. Just, you know, we're fighting COVID. But besides that, we're just – hunker down doing the best we can so you know just taking it a day at a time at this point so that's where we're at right now yeah man so yeah when i saw that tweet i'm like man i gotta get you on because i was going to come on today and you know talk some things about our redraft sometimes Mm -hmm. i do have people who come on later because you know we're family guys so Mm -hmm. this is about the time that you know things are calmer usually 30 minutes from now but wanted to come on early since since you were coming on but have several topics is redraft season and before I get to the topics, appreciate you helping me out with what I needed advice immediately because I'm in a crazy redraft league and it's four flex. Well, it was two extra flex, mm-hmm. so you, so you can start up to four running backs. So the way that these guys were drafting was just crazy. I was able to get um, Eckler at the 103, then came back and around. I got Javante Williams, mm-hmm. and when it came back around, um, who did I get? I have to look at my team real quick. But oh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, it was Nick Chubb. I was gonna go stud wide receiver, but I'm like, if Nick Chubb is there as my RB three, mm-hmm. possibly could be my RB two because he might outperform Javante. Yeah, I can. said I gotta get, I gotta grab Nick Chubb. So I grabbed Nick Chubb, and then when he came back around, I was one pick away from getting Brees Hall, who I'm a big Brees Hall guy, especially this year. I don't know if he's you know comes out the gates, you know, balling, but I know at some point he's gonna take flight with that Jets offense. And I wanted I wanted to get him in the fourth round. I've been getting him in the fourth round, fifth round, depending on format. And I was so close. One pick away, they snagged Brees Hall. And then I took J.K. Dobbins. How do you feel about J.K. Dobbins? <laughs> so, yeah, if you've, you've been seeing my tweets on Dobbins, uh, I'm pretty much out on him this year. Just the concerns, like, we even saw the other day where he was basically so upset with social media. He was like, STFU, like, I'm not. I'm not with a limp or whatever, right? And it's that's just the whole concern with him. It's the lack of pass catching, which I'm totally fine with if you don't have the pass catching because he's super efficient. But it's the injury on top of that with Lamar and the offense. Like it's it's changing probably back to its old form. But considering they don't have a healthy running back, they're likely gonna bust out Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis, the twenty like twenty goat basically, and try and run that out. So it's it's gonna be interesting for him. I just want him to be healthy, but yeah. Yeah, I'm a little worried about like him this year. I'd rather just let other people deal with it, and right. I'll just take a wide receiver in that range. Right. I mean, I feel you. I'm the same exact way about Cam Akers. I like Cam mm-hmm. Akers. I want him to be healthy, but he's he hasn't been healthy. The reason why I took J.K. Dobbins is that I feel like he has some receiving upside that we don't really get to see, but it's there. He did some of that in college. I think he mm-hmm. has that upside to be a three-down back. Yes, it's just staying healthy, being on the field. So, 
Yeah, I took a chance on that. But for me, at that point in the draft, I wanted four running backs. I wanted all four to have some kind of PPR feel, except of Chubb. Chubb is Chubb. You know, any running back that's getting me eight rushing touchdowns a year, I'll take that all day. So I said, outside of Chubb, let me just get three guys that have some PPR upside, meaning the PPR league. You want to grab your running backs. Even if you grab four early, you got potentially four of the best. So it was between Gibson and, you know, Damian Harris. Yeah. Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins and a few others. And I said, just give me J.K. Dobbins. Let me just let me just see. If anything, yeah. I'll just stash him and hopefully he comes out at the end of the year and, you know, he's strong and all that. So right. I was yeah. able to get him. And then when it swung back around in this particular draft, I picked up um, Chris Godwin as my uh, – oh, D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf in the fifth round, I'll take that all day. Everybody's scared, but I'm like, I know what D.K. can do. And I might be able to draft other upside type wide receivers uh-huh. later on. And then in the sixth round, I took Chris Godwin. I'm still big on Godwin. If he's healthy, when he's healthy, we know who Godwin is. And especially those last few weeks last year, when he was getting like 15 to 17 targets in that stretch, that's yeah. nuts. <laughs> that's nuts. I mean, Mike Evans is great, but it's just something about Godwin gobbling up these targets from Tom uh-huh. Brady that I love. So. I took that upside, and then that's when I came to you with the question, do I go Juju Smith-Schuster or do I go Elijah Moore? Mm-hmm. You know, you said redraft, Elijah Moore, and then – I mean, sorry, Dynasty, Elijah Moore, redraft, Juju. Yep. Yep. And then Juju got snagged, and I said, you know what, let me go ahead and get Dalton Schultz. And then now was a mini tight end run going on. So it just made it pretty, pretty interesting for me. But um, I can kind of understand why you say – Go Juju, you know, being that he's going to be the number one wide uh-huh. receiver in a high-powered offense with Patrick Mahomes. I get all that. Um, but it's for me, it's just something about Elijah Moore that I love. What are your thoughts on Elijah Moore? So I love his talent. If he was on a team with a good quarterback, and I know there's some Zach Wilson fans, but he was atrocious last year. And the rest of the quarterbacks weren't very good. Um, but he did pop off with like Mike White and mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Elite Joe Flacco last year. So that's right. where he really, you know, it was like week seven through 13, I think it was I saw. He averaged mm-hmm. like something 17 points per game or something crazy, right. which is basically a top 10 wide receiver. And he's shown you that he's fantastic. So it's like with you taking Metcalf was really nice because it locks in that floor. Like I know everybody hates him, but at right. worst case, he's a top 20 wide receiver. So you're set there. And then if say if you did end up with someone like more later on or something, you're you're shooting your shot for the upside. Um, but with how you went about the team, how it's basically if that team's healthy, they're going to be a powerhouse late in the year. Just right. because you don't know when you're getting Goblin back, you don't know when you're getting Dobbins back. So mm-hmm. if you lock in those early guys like Juju to pair with them, I think that's the perfect combination with that team build because then they give you that floor and they help you fight the insecurity at the beginning. And then mm-hmm. it kind of all builds together. And then at the end of the year, you're looking at your team like, wow, this is a powerhouse I've got. So that's kind of my thought process on those guys. Also, let me ask you this. How many leagues are you in this year? I'm in a million, man. So I've cut down. <laughs> Last year I was in 25, and it was just too much. I mm-hmm. was like I screwed up a couple lineups because I just couldn't get to them because I'm spending like an hour every Sunday morning. And I have a three-year-old, and like life's hectic, and I'm here by myself in the morning so my wife's working so it just doesn't usually work out like there's no right. way to do that in the mornings 
So I'm down to, I think, like 19 leagues I cut it down to. So I didn't really cut it down. I tried to. Yeah. But then, of course, people are like, hey, you told me you were going to do this league. And I'm like, oh. all right, fine. Like, I did promise you this last year I'll do this league. So, yeah. So I'm in, like, 19. And I'm like, man. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's I love it. It's just it's a lot yeah, of work sometimes. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a, I'm in about <laughs> I want to say over twenty. I don't even know. Yeah. And I'm talking about just strictly paid leagues. Yeah. You know, I have like some creator leagues, some creating content leagues that people you know invite me in or join this league, join that league. Oh, we like the content that you bring and this and that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm asking because I actually just joined another one right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a three keeper league. I mean, three keeper league, and they offered. Okay, they said um, Dalvin Cook, J.K. Dobbins, Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, D.K. Metcalf, and I'm like, yeah, let me go ahead and get that uh, Dalvin like, okay. Cook, J.K. Dobbins, and uh, and uh, D.K. Metcalf. Even though I love Terry, I'm a Washington fan, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, just join another one, man. So that's what I was doing when I was looking down. It was like, if you pay right now, you're in. You're like, yeah, that's the thing. They keep, they keep asking, like, you keep finding people like, there's people I don't even know that will come up to me. Like, you want to join our league? I'm like, nah, dude, I'm maxed out. Like, I don't even know you. So I'm not going to put in the effort to make this a good league. So like, exactly. I don't, I'm not going to enjoy it. So if it's, right. I'm more open to it if I actually know people and I'm like, all right, right at least it's like buddies, you know, then, then exactly. I'm going to more open to that. Then I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got me. All right. All right. Like, like what I've started doing now is if I get invited let it just be a redraft league, and I play one year, and I'm out. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna play more than a year. I'm I play one year to say, hey, you've invited me. Especially if I win, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. If I win and it's easy, I might come back, win again, and then mm-hmm. I'm out. But yeah, I've pretty much played with a lot of different people in the fantasy community, mm-hmm. and most times I'm not really looking for any more dynasty leagues. Yeah, <laughs> just in so many. But I'll play redraft. I mean, I'll play best ball. Yeah, best little ten dollars, little fifteen dollars. It's nothing. Draft well. I can, yes. You know, set your. I mean, the roster sets itself. So, yeah, I'm just getting into best ball. Yeah, that's what's great about best ball. Like you just draft it, and they don't have to worry about it. So I'm like, cool. I'll do a best ball because like I don't have to worry about it all year. I right. just draft it, and like whatever happens, happens. So I'm, I'm totally on board with best ball. It's not, not the time commitment. So yeah, <laughs> I definitely do that. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get into the show a little bit. So. This show right here is specifically geared towards people who do redraft leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to look at it as a 12-man PPR league. This is right now is redraft season. It's redraft yep. season. Lots of drafts going on between now and next Wednesday. So it's like go time. So maybe we can say something, a thing or two that might help people win their, win their leagues or help them, you know, go far and have some success in their league. So my question to you is, in a redraft league, who are you targeting as a wide receiver? So this is going to depend on a few things. Um, if you want, like, what your team build is going to be. So mm-hmm. my thought process, everyone should have a plan going into their draft. And you can totally just throw the draft line out the window if you see something you like. But you should go in kind of in an idea of the team you're going to build based on the format. So if mm-hmm. it's, say, you're starting three wide receivers – you're probably right. going to want to attack those earlier. Um, if it's full PPR, the wide receivers are going to get a boost. So you're going to move those guys up. But if if you want the, like, the hero RB approach where you lock in, say, someone like Swift or you know um, CMC or Saquon, any one of those guys mm-hmm. in round one, and then you just right. hammer wide receivers after that, you can go about that. But like some of my early wide receivers in round one, um, if I'm in the back half, it's someone like Diggs or Lamb. Uh, who are both basically like top eight wide receivers for me for this year. And for mm-hmm. some reason, I don't know why Stephon Diggs keeps falling, but you can get him 
the end of round one, beginning of round two. So you lock mm-hmm. in that stud, basically 160 targets and right. basically a top top eight wide receiver at the worst. And Lamb is the guy where it's the perfect situation. And I love I love CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of burnt me in the past with my love with him. But yeah, I'm I'm going back in on CD Lamb again. So he's right. another guy. And then say if you get someone like Adams in round two, that's fantastic because that's right. another stud wide mm-hmm. receiver. And and then round three, it's basically like T. Higgins, or even, sometimes you get lucky, Tyree Kill falls. Mm-hmm. And with what Jalen Waddle's going through, like he's not going to be 100% start the year. Right. So, you know, Tyreek's going to get hammered out of the gate. So, like, it's wheels up for him. So, right. in the early rounds, you can go those guys. And then basically rounds four through six, kind of that dead zone of, mm-hmm. you know, those running backs. You can go after, like, Pittman, DJ Moore. Right. You know, if you get lucky, um, AB falls. But he usually doesn't. But I seen him go in the fourth round one time, and I was like, man, that's right. nice. And then my, my favorite kind of discounted of those guys is Deontay. Mm-hmm. because he's always in the fifth round, basically, right. and you could just walk in that elite production. So mm-hmm. if you want a wide receiver one in, like, the fifth round, sometimes the sixth round, like, right. Deontay's the guy to target. I just – I love getting that value on him there. I love it. And you mentioned some names that – some guys that I'm targeting. Of course, Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. I mean, that's, that's, uh-huh. that's a no-brainer. Um, but for me um, – so check this out. You mentioned two names, and you're going to laugh. So I was in the Superflex Redraft League last uh-huh. week. One that I host, and um, in the fourth round, I was able to get CD Lamb oh, yes. as my first. <laughs> so I, I took, you know, my usual Eckler, and I believe it was either Swift. I think it was Eckler and Swift back mm-hmm. to back. That's great. Man. And then I took uh, in the third round. I want to say CD Lamb, or uh-huh. maybe a quarterback. I think a quarterback. I think I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah I went quarterback in the first round. Then uh-huh. I went um, Eckler. Swift, something like that. And then I think I went um, CeeDee Lamb in the fourth round. But also in the ninth round, a wide receiver fails so bad. And he goes by the name of B.J. Moore. (laughs) Now, What what league is this? This is chaos. You know what? I'm going to pull up this draft while I talk. I'm not a D.J. Moore guy whatsoever. You you need to be. He's so good. You know what? He's consistent. He's a consistent wide receiver, Mm -hmm. too no matter how you slice it. So I had to kind of get out of my way of, I don't like this guy. I don't, I don't like that guy. Yeah. Sometimes like, you just got to go ahead and grab the guy that needs to be grabbed. You know what I'm saying? So it just made so much sense. Yeah, I grabbed uh, um, CD Lamb in the fourth and I didn't, I, I pretty much faded wide receiver all the way to the ninth round and DJ Moore was right there looking at me. So to have wild. a, a CD Lamb, DJ Moore, with running backs Eckler, Swift, and Brees Hall. Yeah, that's, that's with a tight perfect. end, Dalton Schultz, Lamar Jackson, and I believe it was um uh Mac Jones. That's my core. That's the core of my team. I think that team, even if I don't make a deal, has a chance to win a championship. Yeah. And the funny thing is the people that didn't draft well, the guys that overvalued guys like um what's his name? Uh Gabe Davis. You know, yep. you have all these Gabe Davis lovers and you have all this. Gabe Davis is good, but you got to realize redraft is redraft. You cannot uh-huh. play redraft like you play Dynasty. So this guy went and took um, guys like Gabe Davis way ahead of time. I'm going to pull up the draft and you're going to laugh when I pull it up. Yeah, there is. Um, so like you definitely mentioned some guys that, that I, I like. And it's all about when you get in these guys. And if you can get these guys at great value. It just bowls well for your team. Now, in terms of running backs, who are you targeting? 
So I mentioned a couple of those guys early on. Um, in obviously, it's, you need a top two pick to get CMC. But if I have the first second pick, he's the guy I'm targeting. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Taylor JT's great. So if you can get your hands on JT, the one or two, like you lock that in, and you're just happy because you know he's going to put up around 20 points. He might not have 29 like point right. ceiling like McCaffrey, but he's going to give you about 20 points. So mm-hmm. he's fantastic. And then as we move into like kind of the later round, like I want. Eckler, if he falls, is great. I love Swift. And then Saquon. Like, Saquon's the guy that it's nice to see everyone jumping back on board with me because, like, I've seen nonstop just Saquon hype. But a couple months ago, nobody wanted to touch him, right? So I was right. like, I've been just hammering him. But, yeah, Saquon's just – he's so talented. And if he hits his ceiling, he's going to win you the league. So, like, that's just how I view him. And you can – once you get past those guys, like you mentioned Brees earlier, he's great in the fourth round because – He's a rookie, so he's devalued just because he's a rookie. Right. And say if he had actually played, he would basically be valued like Javante at the worst. So he would be up higher. Um, but he's plays for the Jets too, and people hate that. But it's like he's going to get work, and he's a very good, talented player. So you put those two things together, and that's how you get a really good player at a discount. So I, I love Brees at that rate. And then kind of – once you get into that round five, like it gets really treacherous with running backs. Like that's basically I'm just hammering wide receiver for the next like three or four rounds. But mm-hmm. the guy later on who I like in round seven, round eight is basically Chase Edmonds and those guys. And then you can kind of go after like Ramondre Stevenson. Just take your upside shots with like Tony Pollard and players like that who, if they fall into the right situation, they become the one, like their value skyrockets. So those are kind of a handful of guys I'm targeting this year. Well said, well said. I, I mean, I love it, man. Like, like I said, I'm just, I'm big on Brees Hall. You know, sometimes you have these analysts that have, you know, spreadsheets and this and that, and that's fine. That's just never really been me. Um, I do look at stats. I do look at, you know, targets and different things, but I'm also going off my gut most times. Like, sometimes you just know there's something about this black. Like last year, mm-hmm. I said there's something about Eckler. And I wanted Eckler everywhere early, but I went against myself and went with the consensus because, oh, nobody was taking Eckler in the top five of the draft. Mm-hmm. Everybody was taking Eckler the back end of the first or even some somewhere in the second. I knew that Eckler was going to have a top five running back type season. He ended up, what, RB2? Yeah, and he was RB2. Yeah, I think he was RB2, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there, like either two or three. I don't know. I can't even. Uh-huh. I know yeah. Jonathan Taylor was one, and then yeah. Najee Harris was like three, I think. So, I, yeah, somewhere around there. So, he was top three yep. for sure. And I knew he was going to be top three. Like, I, 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 I pegged Eckler in for 100 catches last year. He didn't get it. Uh-huh. I'm banking on him getting 100 catches again this year. You bring in Sony Michelle, and you know, he's going to take some of those Russian. Yards away, which is which is for me is great. It's gonna keep Eckler fresh. It's gonna keep Eckler healthy. I just need Eckler to be targeted seven to ten times a game. That's all I want. I don't want much. Just seven, seven to ten targets a game, and you know he's gonna catch seven to ten (laughs) catches if he's getting these little dump offs. So that's what I kind of saw in Eckler, and I think he can do that this year. Um, I'm drafting Eckler everywhere. Surprisingly, like you're in on Saquon. I'm out on Saquon. Just because I have memories of yeah, the bad things that he's done to me. Him and uh-huh. Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was my favorite player for years. In Dynasty, I've sold him off. I, yeah. I had like 60% of all my league's CMC shares. 
sold him off and got big gains out of selling him now opposed to selling him later. One brought in Josh Allen, one brought in uh, Garrett Wilson, Pickett, uh, uh, Brian Robinson Jr., Mechie, list goes on. I got like five or six picks in 22's draft, and I almost hit or I'm potentially hit on multiple picks. Uh So in Dynasty, I'm selling off all my CMCs. I didn't have not (laughs) not one Barkley. And even in redraft, I'm kind of staying away from Barkley and CMC. CMC, I'm more prone to because that's just my guy. But for Barkley, even if I draft him, he's more of a trade target. So that's just me. I, I just, I just, I cannot be hurt not one more time. It's been like the last four years, I've had either CMC or, or, or uh, Bar- like last year, I had CMC and Barkley. No, CMC, no, sorry, Dalvin Cook and Barkley. And you saw how last year went. Like, yeah, I, right. I, it was- <laughs> It's it tough, yeah. When I was starting guys like Boston Scott, oh yeah, that's you know it's it's gone down the road. If that happens, you're like, well, I'm just gonna start this scrub off the bench and hope it works out. It's like, yeah, yeah sometimes, yeah. sometimes you just get burned so bad by those guys. Like, I'm not. I always tell people draft the guys you want to draft, even if consensus tells you to draft this guy or whatever. Like, you yeah. want to enjoy your team no matter what. Yeah, like, exactly. At the end of this day, the game is fun, so mm-hmm. draft the players you like and like. Yep. There's nothing better than enjoying the team you have. Like, I, I know consensus will tell me to take certain players. They'll be like, oh, draft Damien Harris. I'm like, I don't want right. to touch Damien Harris. Like, I don't want him. I don't want him right. on my team. Like, don't, I'm just not going to draft him. So, like, it's, it's, there's certain players like that. I'm like, I just don't want to do it. So, right. and it's usually, I've been like that with Henry for years where I'm like, I don't want Henry. Like, he's older. Like, he doesn't catch passes. And, like, he's burnt me. Like, he's just crushed every year. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe this year I go in and get some Derrick Henry, right? Just to right. see if I'll be right. So, of course, this year he probably would do the opposite and just not be good. Go figure. But yeah, it's just all about like finding the guys you like. Don't reach too far. So, say, mm-hmm. if, say if somebody has like a fifth round ADP, don't take them mm-hmm. in like the first round, you know, True. but jump ahead to like the fourth round if you like them, maybe or something, mm-hmm. or the third round if you really want them. But, right. you know, just take the guys you want. Like, that's, that's how everybody should play because that's, that's right. what this is. It's a game. Right. So real quick, man, as we look at this uh, draft that I, I, I did, so you see that the first six picks were quarterbacks. Yep. And the surprising thing was Tom Brady, but the way that the scoring is set up, you get points for first downs. So yeah. Tom Brady is actually an excellent pick in this top six. Um, Jonathan Taylor went and Christian McCaffrey, the only two non-quarterbacks. I was able to get mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson just because I want some rushing yards. I wanted to get one of the top three guys that do run the ball. Just to get yeah, just that's... to get some of that rushing upside, and I believe that Lamar Jackson, he's gonna ball out this year. He's gonna he's gonna make people remember who Lamar Jackson is. I got him pegged for mm-hmm. twelve hundred yards rushing. I got him double digit touchdowns rushing, Ooh. and then um, yeah, I have <laughs> I have big hopes. And then passing the ball, I have him at thirty five hundred yards passing, and then I have him at twenty five passing touchdowns. Yeah, could be, be totally wrong, th- but no, I, I think thirty five hundred. Yeah, he he's gonna smash if he has those numbers like that's yeah. that's QB one right there. That's QB one. That's QB one, and 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 that's what I'm expecting. Like Lamar is gonna remind people how dynamic he is. So I, I'm hope hoping he's healthy. If he's healthy, 1,200 yards is. I mean, he he can do it. He, if 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 any quarterback can is Lamar Jackson. If any quarterback yeah. can run for ten touchdowns, especially if DK Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins is not healthy, ten touchdowns is nothing to Lamar Jackson. And then he showed some, you know, he showed that he can pass the ball last year, which I like. Mm-hmm. So if that continues to get better, 
with weapons like Bateman and, and, and Andrews really being like the main guys, I mm-hmm. think, and then likely, you know, likely he's going to play some slot wide receiver and, and this yeah. and that. They're just going to have an offense that's just geared towards Lamar Jackson. And I think he has a great season. But yeah. as you can see, like I said, I took Eckler at the 204. Swift at the 309 was just was just nuts to me. Yeah, that's – what is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's, that's running back 11. That's pretty crazy. Like, that's the lowest I've seen him. But I'm – why is someone taking Stafford ahead of Jackson? Like, I don't understand. Like, what, why would you take Stafford ahead of Lamar Jackson? Like, the pick exactly. running like that. That makes no now, sense. The, like, scoring, the scoring does say that you get – I think it's one point per each first down. But still. Is that for rushing and passing or is it just one? No. Yeah, rushing yeah, yeah, rushing or passing. Yeah, you get – I think you get a point – no, 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 I think it's just for passing. I don't know if you get okay, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they they just went for the for the you know like the first downs, but still, like I got you, I got so you. Lamar Jackson. I don't care. I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Stafford any day, <laughs> yeah. just because of that rushing upside. People are looking mm-hmm. at, at Lamar and saying, "Oh, he's it's a, it's, it's a down year. It's this is that. That's fine. Give me that down year. That's fine." Um, so on the swing, CD Lamb at the four at the four oh four, that was beautiful. That's- as a steal. And in that round, I think after C.D. Lamb, it was Keenan Allen and, you know, Tyreek Hill and Pittman and then Evans. And then when they came back around, obviously I didn't have to go Brees Hall in the fifth, but like I said, I nah, big fan. That's a good pick. That's a good, <laughs> that's, that's a good pick. Like, it's especially and, like, man. And that's, that's wild, three right? guys that's who I believe can catch at least 60 receptions. And I'm yeah, just being modest yes. on the Swift and, and Eckler, but if Brees can, can can get me somehow 60 receptions, man, I feel yeah, really, really good. That and when he came nice. back around, all the quarterbacks were dried up. I, I'm not a Justin Fields guy. I'm not messing with uh, Deshaun Watson. I didn't want Tannenhill. I, I mean, I wanted Wentz, but not in this round. So I went Matt yeah. Jones. Why not? He's going to get some short passes, some, you know, get some first downs. So, that was value there. And when he came back around, one guy took Dallas Godard over Dalton Schultz. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Dalton Schultz. I know he's not on the on the on the notes, but I wanted to talk about Dalton Schultz because people like right now, like we talked about earlier, it's either you're in or you're out on Dalton Schultz. When I look at the Dallas Cowboys with no Amari Cooper and you have CD Lamb, there's still plenty of targets to go around. I think that Dalton Schultz has a great season, and he might be second most targeted guy on the team. I don't trust Michael Gallup. I don't know what he can do. I don't trust James Washington. I mean, who? Noah Brown. Like, who's really out there? So when you look at it, Dallas Cowboys, the defense played really good last year, but I I see them potentially taking a step back. Okay? The schedule is decent. The NFC East is not as bad as it was. So I'm expecting Dallas to, you know, pass a little bit more to get back in the game. How do you see it playing out in terms of Dalton Schultz and targets? And do you think that he can be a top five tight end this year? Yeah. So, I, like, he has the literally the perfect opportunity a tight end can have because, like, the only other guy that's there that could cause problems is Jalen Tolbert. Like, he's the rookie wide receiver. So he could, he could step in and command a role because he's a pretty good rookie. So he'd be the third guy, and it's going to be those three while Gallup peels up. So it's going to be Lamb, Schultz, and Tolbert. Um, we saw last year Schultz was heavily targeted with that team. He didn't have, like, the best metrics per se. So mm-hmm. 
that's kind of why people are out on him is because when you compare him, what's actually funny with Goddard right next to him, and I have mm-hmm. them back to back in my rankings like that, so it would be Goddard then Schultz. Right. But why people are so bullish on Goddard compared to Schultz is because mm-hmm. metrics show you like he's a super freak athlete and he showed you the talent is there. Like right. he basically basically led the team in receiving some certain point on. I can't remember mm-hmm. the target share, but it was like 24% and he was right. better than Devonta Smith. So mm-hmm. people see that and they're like, they're very in. But Schultz, Schultz is just safe. He might not yeah. be able to be the tight end one. Right. But yeah, he's going to be in that tight end five range. So mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's a bad thing to take Schultz. Right. It's just I don't know if the quote unquote ceiling case is there. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just all about how you want to structure your team. If you want to right. shoot for the moon, you go Goddard. If you want mm-hmm. like a more safety floor, Schultz because he's going to be in a better passing offense. So it's mm-hmm. like you just lock in that production with Schultz, and you'll be you'll be happy with him. Like he'll right. probably be tight end five six on the year for you. So he's mm-hmm. not going to do that. Right. So I like Goddard, but what scares me is. AJ Brown coming in, so less mm-hmm. targets, and then you have you still have Devontae Smith there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, and then it's like Jalen Hurts. Like, what are we mm-hmm. getting? Is he gonna improve? So that's kind of like well, you know, especially for, for this year, not you know, dynasty yeah. or anything like that, it's just for this year. For me, I'm just looking at the targets there. Like, you know, other tight ends that I look at that can get a lot of targets in their particular offense is another guy, Cole Komet. You know, mm-hmm. that's because outside of Darnell Mooney, who's there? This reminds the freeze. And at that point, he was learning that position, but because there was so much targets to go around, Logan Thomas finished the year as a tight end three that year. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, Logan Thomas. So yep. when I look at these offenses that the tight end is that is that second best receiver. I kind of lean that way, but it's all about where I'm getting these guys. Yeah. So that's what I'm so looking like, at. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. tight ends, you should always target a guy who's going to be top two in receptions mm-hmm. because basically the way it breaks down, unless a tight end is catching a ton of touchdowns like Hunter Henry and mm-hmm. um, Dawson Knox last year, like they're mm-hmm. not going to produce for you. So mm-hmm. they either need to be um, – and Andrew Cooper, um, like he's a great Twitter follow. Like he studies tight ends and does this all the time. You basically mm-hmm. want a guy who's top two in targets, and then if they catch touchdowns on top of it, like that's how you get the ceiling case. But right. if they're not top two in targets, like it's it's going to be rough. So, mm-hmm. like Komet, you mentioned, he's a lot of people's late round flyer because he's going to be second on targets on a team. Like that yeah. offense is going to be terrible, but he's going yeah. to be targeted. <laughs> so at least you'll you'll get those targets, and targets mm-hmm. translates to fantasy production more than anything else. So it's like that's what you want, right? So let's look at. Um... Um, Dalton Schultz real quick. He was targeted 104 times. I don't know where he ranked in targets for that team. And that's with Amari Cooper being there. You know what I'm saying? He had 104 targets. He caught 78 receptions, 808 yards, and he had eight touchdowns. So Mm -hmm. for me personally, I see those touchdown numbers going up. I I don't know how Dallas is going to score. I'm looking at that team. Saying, hey, I'm really hoping that it's CeeDee Lamb, (laughs) you know, because I have CeeDee Lamb shares. But then with me picking up a lot of Dalton Schultz and even in um, free agency last year, I, I scooped them in different, you know, different leagues and he turned out pretty well. So I'm hoping he, you know, I hope hoping that all these numbers go up, but you just never know. You never know. And then it's a contract year. So, but we'll see. Um, looking at the show notes, wanted to hit up the next uh, topic while I mix in some of this draft through the, uh, mm-hmm the process so 
when do you go tight end typically in your redraft leagues? Let's just say one quarterback, 12, 12 man PPR. When do you typically typically go uh, go tight ends? So it's all value based for me. So basically, the way I do my rankings or projections is it's tiered. Tiered. So like, because it's just it's just a lot easier for me to do it that way. Because like you'll mm-hmm. see, say you'll see a tier ending. So you'll yep. like want to make sure you get that last guy before you fall back in the next tier. Mm-hmm. Um, but with tight ends, I want the elite tight ends, or I'm going to wait just because I don't yep. want. I don't want like TJ Hawkinson. I don't want Zach Ertz. Like I don't want these middling tight ends because studies show they don't produce. So like you're going to get similar production from someone farther back. Like you can get Hunter Henry. He's going to give you touchdowns later. Cole Komet, another guy right there who you see on the draft Mm -hmm. board. Like he could be two in target. So like my last tight end is really like Goddard. That's the last guy Mm -hmm. who I'd be comfortable starting. If I'm falling down into like Hawkinson or Knox or Ertz or one of those guys, I'd rather just wait. Right. And then just hit up like someone really like like David Njoku or someone mm-hmm. like that way down the list who you can get like the last round. And then I'll just pepper him with another like upside play, like Logan Thomas if he's healthy or someone like mm-hmm. that because no one's right. even drafting him right now. But yeah, I'll take like those two shots and hopefully it hits because it's pretty easy to find that like tight end 12. It just, right. it honestly, they just don't matter. Like right. they just don't matter at all for fantasy. Right. So, so it's either like go early or late because I think something like, I can't remember the stat, but something like half of the top five tight ends have come outside the top 12 for the mm-hmm. last few years. So basically, yeah. these guys coming out of nowhere, you know, like you were talking about, like Dawson Knox last year, he just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And Schultz came out of nowhere. Like exactly. last year, we were having the debate between Schultz and I can't remember the other guy. He got cut. But the other guy was actually going ahead of Schultz on the Cowboys <laughs> roster because he was the tight end everybody wanted. And I was right. a sucker for that too. I was like, no, don't draft Schultz. Just grab the other guy. And of course, right. they cut him. But I was like, oh. So yeah, Charlie- like you can. Yeah, it's Blake Jarwin. Thank you. Yeah. It's having a brain fart. But yeah, Blake Jarwin was the guy where there was a battle last year. It was like, do you want exactly. Jar- Jarwin or do you want Schultz? And I picked Jarwin. And I was so wrong about that. And right. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like I I cut last year. I kept OJ Howard on one of my dynasty rosters and I cut Dawson Knox before the season. And oh. of course, I watched like Dawson Knox destroy and OJ Howard just be like a dust. Like he's just washed. And I was like, I yeah. made the, the worst call. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? So yeah, it just happens every year. I'm like, man. Yeah, tight ends are so random that, you know, they come out of nowhere, even in real life. In like, like it could be Albert O this year, but then it can be, it yep. could be a rookie. It could be a Pat Fire move type, you know, what, six, seven touchdowns. So it's like, you just never know you. with tight ends. Like you said, if they're not elite, you don't get them. But the thing is, sometimes these tight ends start to put up some numbers, right? Like, for example, uh-huh. what Dalton Schultz did this past year was what Mark Andrews did before this breakout. So you yeah. look at it. I mean, obviously, if you know about Mark Andrews, then you know about Mark Andrews. Me, I just yes. didn't really know about Mark Andrews like that. I mean, yeah, I just, he... you know, didn't really follow tight ends, didn't really care until I started playing tight end premium. So – in the keeper league, I actually traded Mark Andrews before the breakout. I'm like, I don't want him. I'm gonna keep Amari Cooper over Mark Andrews. Big mistake, you know. But it still ended up winning the championship, so it didn't matter. But it's just like, yeah. Sometimes these tight ends, like I, for me, when I look at tight ends when they're young, it, really, I'm looking at year three, year four breakout. Mm-hmm. They gotta learn the offense. Very few come in year two doing anything no. or year one doing anything. So. I normally wait till year three, year four, but I look at stability. Who's your quarterback? How are you using the offense and things of that nature? But yeah, when it comes to tight ends, um, like I'm kind of like you, I go off of value. There might be like five to seven that I'll mess with. 
And if one of those seven are gone and based off where they're going, then I might just say, you know what, whatever. Give me Irv Smith and Logan Thomas. Then I have two. Right. But then it's like, if I have five bench space, do I really want to roster two tight ends? You know, so sometimes I might go Kelsey in the first round, the second round, and just call it a day. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, <laughs> when you have that elite tight end, you just roster one. And you get to yeah, use that's... your second bench space to, you know, handcuff running backs or have all running backs on your roster, or, mm-hmm. you know. So having an elite tight end really that helps is... you <laughs> helps your bench. It's very, it's very nice. Like it's it's basically they call it VORP drafting or value over mm. positional replacement. You know, where it's basically yep. like you get such an edge from that elite tight end, which mm-hmm. as you see the board, those top five guys right there up to Waller, like they're right. all difference makers. Yep. So if you have one of those guys, like you're going to be happy. Like I know people yep. are like worried about Waller and Kittle, but like they're elite talents, they're free tight ends, and they're mm-hmm. going to be like they're they're still going to produce. Like right. if you get those guys, you're happy. Outside of that, it starts getting kind of questionable. You're like, right? Like, I don't I don't know. Like I like this guy, but I'll, and then you're just looking at your roster like, man, like what do I do? It's exactly. Just, yeah. Exactly. So you can get ugly. <laughs> no, that that is funny. So moving on to the next topic, when do you typically take quarterbacks in a 12-man redraft league. Yeah, so for me, I'm not taking, like, the first two just because Mm -hmm. what you're giving up, if you're taking Josh Allen around two or, like, the next guy in round three, like, I'm going to wait a little bit just because Mm -hmm. the elite talents at the other positions, that's where they go. (laughs) Where And the thing with, like, quarterback is it's very deep. You can get, like, QB 10, you can get Russell Wilson, and you're going to be very happy with Russell Wilson, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so, and it's not going to be a huge difference between him and like Tom Brady, realistically, mm-hmm. like who will probably be QB right. five and like Brady's great. I love Brady just because mm-hmm. he, he's old as dirt, but he just right. throws a million touchdowns and passes. Yep. So it doesn't matter. Um, but I'll start in the, the middle rounds is where I'll start targeting someone like Lamar mm-hmm. or I'll go after Kyler or Hertz if they're all available. Yep. So like between round four and six is usually mm-hmm. you'll see Lamar and then you'll see Kyler and then you'll see Jalen Hurts go. If you want to wait, you could wait for Burrow, or you could push it back a little bit for like Russ, or you know. And then if you really want to go for like the last Konami guy, it's Trey Lance, mm-hmm. and he's usually around nine or ten. Yep. So I've yep. Lance has been the one I've been like setting my eyes on just because Same. he has that, <laughs> that that rushing ability, right? So yep. and you see him going in that range, and it's like, yeah, lock him in. And if you're yep. worried, just grab someone like her cousins in like round twelve or thirteen, exactly. Where you're going to get some good production like for cheap, so you can just. Say if Lance busts, then you just put in cousins, and then you can stream, exactly. like, you know. So there's there's ways to get it to work, but I'm not just not going to go like Josh Allen right. to you just because I'd rather take positional players there. And it's funny you say that because like for me, like in a in a ten man, I would wait till the very last pick to get my quarterback in a ten man. Think about it, simple math. How many teams are really going to draft two quarterbacks? Hardly none, it's, because the yeah. teams that go early and draft a quarterback, you'll be. You'll be silly to draft a Lamar Jackson and then draft draft a quarterback. It makes no sense, you know, especially with five bench bases. So I was in the league and um, didn't take a quarterback until the last three rounds. I took two. I took Trey Lance then I took my last bench player. Then I came back and took Dak Prescott just because Dak was waving at me saying, hey, Manny, what's up? Yeah, like I don't want to go ahead and grab me. So I'm like, okay, grab Dak Prescott just in case Trey Lance is not really what we think he's going to be. So um, that's definitely a great strategy. That's something that I actually do. I have a redraft league coming uh, up tomorrow and another one on Tuesday, and I'm going to wait forever to draft a quarterback. I did that last year, and I got Stafford. 
and go yeah, figure just like, Stafford, you know. Yeah, right. And Stafford was like QB seven or something. Like he was yep. really good. <laughs> yeah, I would just I would just find that line of that last quarterback you're comfortable starting with if you're gonna play mm-hmm. that strategy and just make sure you get that guy. Because like you don't want to be starting freaking Zach Wilson or like Jared Goff. Like that's just a nightmare <laughs> no. scenario, right? So no. you just want to make sure you get that quarterback you're comfortable with. Yeah. Because you can totally push quarterback and you can push tight end, but like mm-hmm. there comes a point when you're just like, Oh, I've gone too far. And right. I'm screwed. So <laughs> You just have to know know your league and kind of watch right. the board, see how it plays. If you right. see a run coming or you see, like, a bunch of people don't have a quarterback in one of those right. last rounds and you see it coming, like, you might want to grab it before then because then you might miss Absolutely. that situation. So, Absolutely. Because yeah. in my league, the one that I'm, you know, I'm going to do on Tuesday, there's always a Kirk Cousins available. There's always a Stafford or even a Derek Carr. You know, some of these other, you know, guys are available. And, you know, Joe Burrow, when do you take him? Herbert. I mean, there's so many guys. It's such a deep position in the one quarterback league that even if you're drafting two, please do. Because at the end of the day, when the bye weeks roll, you're going to drop somebody. Then I end up grabbing whoever you drop. So mm-hmm. it being five bench spaces with a limited uh, uh, IR, you know, I try to load up on position players, make sure I'm yes, good. Absolutely. Make sure I got four running backs. Make sure I go got four wide receivers at least before I go quarterback. That's kind of how how I roll. Now, who is your QB one this year? I mean, sorry, your um, wide receiver one this year. It's Cup, but Jefferson is right on his heels. So they are they're in their own tier. Like it's those two. So mm-hmm. if I have if I have Cup, I'm thrilled. Or if I have Jefferson, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. And they're going really. They're like basically doing two picks apart in one one quarterback yeah. league. So it's basically like. I've seen Jefferson go ahead of Cup, or I've seen, mm-hmm. like, basically Cup go ahead of Jefferson, but they're basically back-to-back. Because the way I've seen drafts play out is it's basically it's Jonathan Taylor, yep. Christian McCaffrey, or flip that order, and then it's basically Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. So mm-hmm. realistically, you have to have a top-four pick to get one of those guys. But maybe Eckler jumps in there, and then they go to basically pick five. Mm-hmm. But you need, you need an early pick to get him. But it's Cup. Like, he yeah. dominated the competition. He was... I can't remember how many points ahead he was of the wide receiver too, but it was something like, like at least five points per game. I think it was Adams. He was like yep. twenty. He was twenty-five. It mm. was something crazy. And like crazy. him compared to the wide receiver twelve was just a gulf. Right. It was like ten points a game. It was nuts. Like I, I've, mm-hmm. I've never seen a wide receiver do what he did last year. So right. <laughs> like like even if he regresses, he's still going to be incredible. So yep. like you can make the argument. Well, he's going to be worse. Well, yeah, of course, he just had, like, the greatest wide receiver season of all time. But mm-hmm. he's still going to be fantastic. So right. I don't I don't really care between the two. If you want one of those guys, just, just grab one. Whoever your favorite right. is, like, you're going to be happy with the production. It's funny that you say that because I think that Cooper Cup, he's amazing. I've been on the Cooper Cup train mm-hmm. since the beginning, man. He's been my guy since the beginning. And when I first started playing Dynasty, I actually drafted Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that year and i held on i held on and it paid off last year i was able to win the league and it wasn't the cash league now it's a cash league so i'm like man i could have won some money last year so yeah i've been on the cooper cup train i uh, cooper cup is the only wide receiver that i would actually draft number one overall yeah if you like want. if i just said you know what let's, let's try something different and, and and i have one-on-one i'm very comfortable taking cooper cup at the one-on-one yeah, if, like, like you if know you, what you're gonna get. <laughs> you know what? You're yeah, gonna if get. you like, I like in situations like that. This is so. This is more tournament based strategy. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to say if you have pick one or whatever, and you're trying to differentiate yourself, like instead of going like CMC or JT, like yep. take Cup there because there's not yep. going to be teams that first pick that have Cup. 
So yep. if you're trying to go that strategy, it's a great strategy to differentiate yourself because and, and tournaments are like a whole different strategy, like a whole different yep. game we talk about them for an hour. But like mm-hmm. it's a good way to give yourself an edge on your competition. Yep. So even if you're not 100 percent sure with it, you just try something different. And he's he's just so good. Like I, right. I he's, he's incredible. incredible. Yeah, with with the way that running backs get hurt, I mean, mm-hmm. I've started leaning wide receiver over the last three years, and I've won a lot more the last okay. three years than I, I have ever played fantasy. Just because you can have the perfect setup. Like I remember Saquon Barkley's first year, mm-hmm. I had CMC in the first, and I drafted Saquon in the second. Yeah, I went all the way. I think I lost the first game, and I went all the way to the championship without a loss, and lost in the championship. I had two losses, week one like, and week last. That's the word. That's yeah, great, man. but that's the word. You're like, oh, I had come on. the perfect team. I had those two guys and Joe Mixon. Then I had um, Keenan Allen and uh, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, great, like, great thank team. You. <laughs> thank great you. team. They hated me, man, because I made one trade and got Mixon when when Mixon was hurt and Mixon came back healthy. He was doing his thing as my RB three. Yeah, that's I had not CMC. Bad. I, I mean, all three guys were catching passes and trying to get me about 20 points a game, all three. And then, you know, Keenan Allen was Keenan Allen. You already know. And then Galladay was coming into his own. So, right. <sighs> oh, amazing yeah. year, man. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about Kenny Galladay having that good year. Gosh, yep. it's been it's been a long, yep. quick minute since that's happened. Mm-hmm. But I remember mm-hmm. that year. He was the touchdown yep. king that year. Just, yep. Yep. just yep. catching deep bombs from Stafford. Right, right. So, uh, good times, good times. So, um, we talked about, you know, your wide receiver one. Uh, who's your RB one this year? Christian McCaffrey. And I'm totally fine if he gets injured. Like, I know that's the risk with him. I know, like, I know this going in. So, basically, mm-hmm. the way I play is I'm going for upside. I'm trying, like, he's been incredible even when he's been hurt. Like, mm-hmm. his per-game metrics and his, like, per-touch metrics, they're all fantastic. Yep. So, even, even in partial seasons, he's been incredible. So, Yep. I know there is a greater injury risk. Like, you have to know this when you buy into him compared to Taylor. And Taylor's a stud. Like, I know people say he doesn't have that high of a ceiling, but he's incredible. And he's going to – you're going to be happy with Taylor no matter what. So, if you right. want to take him, I'm not going to blame you. Like, I get it. Like, it's it's a safer choice. But I've I've seen what McCaffrey right. can do, and there's nobody else in fantasy that can do what he does. Like, it's, it's truly elite the difference he makes. His, like – I think he was still at like a 30% target per route run, like just insane stuff. And his yards per touch and his like, like everything was just off the charts. Fantastic. Like he's, he's still that guy where the difference with like Saquon is like, we don't know if he's still that guy because he's been demonstrably worse. McCaffrey's still been incredible, even though he's just been fighting through injury. So it's like, I'm taking the shot with the upside. Um, But like, I actually, in my redraft reading last year, I had, my team just was like awful. Like we just got injured left and right. So I traded Jefferson and I locked in Taylor because it's half one PPR. Because yeah. I just wanted I wanted him basically in Dynasty because it's like one keeper. So I have that's the one the one league where I have Jonathan Taylor and I'm very happy to have him in that one league. But mm-hmm. I have a couple of McCaffrey Dynasty shares and I'm like we're we're going all in this year because we don't know how right. long this is gonna last. So it's like. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just, and I've, I'm just a sucker for McCaffrey. Like, I'm, I, he's my, he's basically my favorite fancy player. So, right. I'm not afraid of him at all. So, I'm just now for me in my league on Tuesday, I have pick number three. Mm-hmm. If Christian McCaffrey happens to fall to pick number three, I'm going to take him. I'm, I'll be yep. stupid not to take him. You got to take that risk because you know what he brings to the table when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. But this year, I know how to 
handle Christian McCaffrey. I still have him in a few keeper leagues, and what I do is I make sure I get Deontay Foreman. Everybody says Chuba Hubbard. I'm a Foreman guy. Give me Foreman. Give me the guy that's going to be able to get the goal line carry. So I'm ready for Christian McCaffrey in the leagues that I have to draft him in or whatever like that. So um, just quick story. So the league that I'm doing that draft where I took those four running backs in, yep. the guy had pick number two, and he took Christian McCaffrey, and I took uh, Eckler at three. Mm-hmm. And then when it came back around, he said, hey, I'll trade Christian McCaffrey for your for your next two picks. I said, well, I'll give you pick three and four and give me Christian McCaffrey. So I can pair him and Eckler and just have a nasty uh-huh. PPR tandem. So he said, oh, okay, well, no, just give me your second and third, and I'll, and I'll give you my fifth. So I thought about it. I'm like, okay, I trust my abilities to draft. Okay, I'll do that deal. Let's shake on uh-huh. it. But then the commissioner said that we couldn't do an in-draft trade, even though it was on sleeper. So I said, okay. My whole thing was, I told him, when it's my turn to pick, tell me who you want, and we can just, I yeah. can just go ahead and get you your guys. So do this. Yeah. He started to kind of act kind of funny. I said, look, let me just pivot. I went on and took Javante Williams, went on back and took Chubb. This guy would have had Chubb and Javante Williams for Christian McCaffrey, but he was silly in playing games. So I, 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 kept, I kept my guys. I kept my players. Yeah. And if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, I'm not going to laugh at the injury, but I'm going to laugh at him. Because yeah. he had a chance to get two stud backs. Anytime you're trading your first round pick for a second and third, you always do it. I don't care who it is. Even if it's Jonathan Taylor at 101, you know, obviously you want Jonathan Taylor, but if you're not going to make the pick, trade it because you don't know what you're going to be able to get. You have two second rounds, you have two third rounds, and that pretty much can just win you the league, you know? So uh-huh. him giving me the fifth and me taking a chance on Christian McCaffrey. I did it last year. I traded my, my first and third. You know, for Christian McCaffrey, and it didn't pan out. So that's a risk that I'm always willing to take. But if yeah. you let me draft my own players, I'm keeping my own players. <laughs> you know, yeah. I trust my drafting. You know, right. I don't know what you're going to do, but when I when I draft, I'm going to go for the best value. Um, so for me, I have Austin Eckler as my RB one this year. Uh-huh. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see. Um, how do you man. feel about Leonard Fournette and? Derrick Henry. So I like Fournette more than Henry. Um, I am worried because, like, Henry's a big dude, and that yep. foot injury is pretty serious. That's like metal plate in his foot with a screw. Like, that does worry me. But, mm-hmm. like, if I'm in the second round, I'm still going to take the risk on Henry. So right. the way I look at it is by taking Henry in this, like, early, say if he falls to, like, mid-early second round, I'm totally fine because we know what Henry can give to you. And I know people are fading him and they don't like him, but it's just all it's all cost related for me. Like I'm not gonna right. take Henry top five or anything like that because I don't want to risk it there. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if that that true ceiling is there, even though like last year he was on pace for like an ungodly amount of like four hundred something touches and just mm-hmm. like two thousand plus yard and all that stuff, right? Right. But his his per touch metrics are down um, compared to what they were in his career. Like he was not the metrics were not as good as they were in previous years. So it mm-hmm. was more like he was just doing that stuff on volume. Like he wasn't bad, but he wasn't the player he was. So that's, that was more of my more concern. And then the injury on top of it, like I'm worried about him, but like you know what he can give to you. So if if he hits this year, like that's a great value. And I like Fournette. Like Fournette falls to – what's his ADP? Let me see. It's it's low for some reason, and people are just – I don't know why. Like, right. Yeah, he's, he's basically RB13 in drafts, and he's going at the mm-hmm. end of the second, early third. Which right. that's a great that's a great value because mm-hmm. 
I know they have Rashard White and people like him, but he's still a rookie. Right. And if Brady does not trust him, he's not going to play. Like mm-hmm. we've seen this in there. We saw we saw what happened with Keyshawn Vaughn. That right. dude basically just worked his way out of the league because he didn't want to listen to Brady. He was out. So if Brady trusts Fournette, which he does, like Fournette's still going to get a bunch of work and going to get those touchdowns. So like he's going to be efficient. So if you can get Fournette in the third, I'd be thrilled with that because you can lock in that production. But I'd be happy with those either one of those two at cost. It's just you just know you're buying into an older running back. So like it could it could fall. Like that happens with a lot of running backs, but these are both two of the better talents. So I'm not mm-hmm. too worried about it, honestly. It's just love they're just love it. Love it. Um, we got to talk about this because this has been one of the hottest topics on the Twitterverse uh, these past few weeks, and that's Antonio Gibson, man. Yeah. What is your thoughts on Antonio Gibson? How do you see that shaking up? I'm a Washington fan. Yeah. The people don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from somebody else. So, <laughs> <laughs> so before Brian Robinson was injured and shot and everything, like I wasn't touching him. I literally mm-hmm. was not drafting him. Just because – he was going in a place where I was not confident. And, like, you can look at my stuff pre-draft. Like, they were, there was so much talk of them bringing in a running back. Like, I, mm-hmm. I could tell they weren't happy with Gibson. I don't know why. Like, he's looking – like, look at that there right there. His speed score, like, he's a, he's a freak. Like, yeah. but, yeah, he's he messes up stuff a lot, and he misses things. So, like, that's why they trust J.D. McKissick because he does the job they like him to do, and they can count on him. So, like, that's why he earned that role. Even though the crazy thing is Gibson's a freaking wide receiver from before. Like they mm-hmm. still don't want to give him that passing down role because they don't trust right. him to pass block and stuff like that. So it's it's weird. He'll so with Robson hurt, like he's gonna basically be who he was last year, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And he's going in like the ninth round now. So right. like I don't I don't hate that. It's just when Rob if Robinson goes back here, which he should, like at a certain point, like he's gonna work into Gibson's work and it's just gonna be ugly. So if you want want well, Gibson for like early down, like RB two early on mm-hmm. in the season. And then you have someone else you could pivot to. Like I'm totally fine doing that. But if you're yeah. counting on him all year, I would be, I would be a little <laughs> worried because towards the end of the year, like I don't know if you can start him. So mm-hmm. like that's the thing. You might be able to flex him, but mm-hmm. we just don't know. So I'm very hesitant. But the funny thing is, like I was in a dynasty startup and he fell to like basically the tenth round, and I was like, screw it. It's like him yeah. or David Montgomery, and I was like, I'm not touching right. Montgomery. I don't want Montgomery. So. I'll I'll do the game. and then of course like some news came out when he, that was when he was doing his partner training stuff and I was yep. like you gotta be kidding me I'm like this guy like it's just it's it's been it's been a nightmare on the Twitter streets with Gibson yep. like I just I got feel bad for him at this point it's just been it's been yeah. brutal for the guy but for me I've been saying what you just said since the end of last year you know you guys can go back look at the tape and everybody was thinking I was so hard on Antonio Gibson. He's a good talent. He's just not a running back. He's not a running back. Yeah. Um, he's not decisive. He doesn't hit the hole hard enough. He dances around. He does that Le'Veon Bell type thing, but he you don't have the Le'Veon Bell type skills. So it, uh-huh. it, just, it just doesn't add up. It's either that or the team doesn't use him to those capabilities. Yeah. And then with the fumbling issues, you know, it's, yeah, it's like that too. yeah, that experiment just. And then when you're trying to get that 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 third and third and one or you know, fourth and one. He couldn't do that. So he's not a real running back. He's a compliment. He's a he's a souped up. Uh, how can I put it? He's one of those guys, you know, he has a size. You look at his size, you're like, oh, this is a big running back. Yeah, he's big, 228 pounds, but 
He doesn't run big. He, you know, it's just yeah, not he's, he's a finesse guy. He's a gadget guy that can do some things. Yeah, he had 10 rushing touchdowns and 11 rushing touchdowns. I mean, total touchdowns, uh, uh-huh. two years combined. But the things that you need out of a running back, he's not that. So when they drafted Brian Robinson Jr., I started telling people, that's the guy. And throughout the entire rookie drafts, I'm getting this guy at the 204 to the 208, that range. And, oh, man, I have so many Brian Robinson Jr. shares. I'm so excited. When he comes back fully healthy, he'll be good to go. Uh, we are in the rapid-fire portion of the show. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, are you in on him or are you out? Like, what do you think? And Happens he's a stud. Like, he's – He's good, and I know people are worried because they're like, oh, injuries happen. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, he freaking produced at an insane rate, and, yep. like, he got comfortable. Like, like rookie wide receivers, it takes them time to develop. So you'll see them – you'll see the progression of basically to the points per game for rookie wide receivers. It's just, like, it's a slope going up to the right. That's how it works. So he finally got comfortable. Cup trusts him. I don't expect the freaking – 35% target share or anything like that he had at the end of the year because that's just – that's ridiculous. But he's a top 24 wide receiver for me. Right. He's going to be good, and he's going to be the wide receiver one. Um, mm-hmm. Jamison Williams is going to come on at some point, but, like, he's coming back from an ACL. Like, he's a long play. Right. So he might be good. He might not be this year. That's just mm-hmm. kind of the thing. And, right. But Amon is good. He's, he's yeah. proven that even though he's a fourth-round pick, it doesn't matter. Right. He knows how to play. He knows he's basically Matthew Harmon calls him a, a zone mm-hmm. beater, like right. Cooper Cup Bud Light, basically, because mm-hmm. he knows what to do and he knows how to win. So, and they're running that basically a similar type of offense. So he's right. basically just going to be, you know, a Cooper Cup light, and that's still going to be very good mm-hmm. for fantasy. So I'm not worried about Amon Ra. Like I like Amon Ra. He's good. And this is what I want to say about Amon Ra St. Brown. If 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 you guys are going to get you know, excited about Terry McLaurin rookie year or DK Metcalf rookie year or Deontay Johnson rookie year. Show this guy some love, man. The hate that he gets is ridiculous. And he did this as the number one guy with everybody being hurt. So mm-hmm. a lot of these guys like Terry and DK and some of these other guys, well, not DK, you know, he had help. A lot of these guys didn't have help and they were mm-hmm. able to produce with lower tier, lesser quarterbacks. Just imagine what happens when the Lions finally get a quarterback next year. I mean, uh-huh. it, you know, so if it's Dynasty, I'm buying. If it's redraft, I'm still drafting this guy. I think he's going to be great. And one thing that Jared Goff says about Amari St. Brown is that, hey, he can trust him. Uh-huh. And, if, and if you can trust somebody as, as a security blanket, you're going to get targets. You know, you don't have to be the fastest guy, the biggest guy, nope. the guy that jumps higher. He just knows how to get open. And he catches everything. Uh-huh. Um which rookie scores the most points this year? Brees Hall. Like I, I, I love James. I, I love James Cook. Like I've been pounding table for him, but it's mm-hmm. Brees Hall. And like I don't know, there was a a poll from Adam Azer where he freaking posted Brees Hall and Damian Pierce, and I don't know what's going on. Right. But people are taking Damian Pierce, and I'm like, for the love of God, don't do right. that ahead of Brees Hall. Like, Brees Hall is such a better player. So like I get it, opportunity. But Brees mm-hmm. Hall has an opportunity too, so exactly. I understand why people talk themselves into Pierce. Like, Pierce is fine; you can take him later, but just don't right. take him ahead of someone like Brees Hall because that's exactly. elite talent. You it's always not. want to invest in elite talents. Yeah. So yeah, it's, he's yeah. So people him. say uh, Demond Pierce, but here is the thing: like, with here's my my little spill about Pierce. I've seen Antonio Gibson get volume and it worked out for him he was you know rb1 borderline rb1 you know a little you know rb2 you know high-end rb2 at the end of the day when you get volume 
And if you're a decent offense, you might do something. But for me in Pierce, I don't see that with Pierce. Even if he gets the volume and he does well, what makes you think he does not get Michael Carter? He's uh-huh. going to get Michael Carter next year. With them having multiple picks in the first and second round, they're going to draft a running back. For the fact that they didn't draft Kenneth Walker this year, uh-huh. you best believe they're drafting a stud running back next year. So uh-huh. if you haven't, if you have uh, Damian Pierce right now, you sell him at his highest value. I was able to get a, a 23 third Boston Scott and Roby Anderson. Yeah, if, you, if that's good for you, then you're like, yeah, cool, that works. Yeah, and the team that I sold them to, they probably don't make the playoffs. They probably don't make yeah. the playoffs. So you're talking about a top six pick. I'll take that all day long. Uh, yeah. In a league where I need a quarterback or I need a stud running back, you know, stud wide receiver. I mean, it's crazy class coming out next year. Um, yeah, who do you got between DJ Moore and Rashard Bateman? DJ Moore. Like, he's – one of, I would say, like pushing on top five wide receivers in the NFL, he's freaking phenomenal. Like, mm. and he's had just noodle arm Cam Newton, the <laughs> awful, like, he's had the worst quarterbacks. It's been atrocious. Teddy Bridgewater, like, he ain't gonna do anything for you. Had Sam Darnold last year, had PJ Walker, XFL, yeah. like, like, he's had the worst, like, the worst quarterbacks. So he finally gets Baker, and Baker can actually get him the ball. Mm-hmm. And this is the year it's gonna happen for DJ. Like he's been top twenty wide receiver, which, mm-hmm. like I think that's kind of Rashad Bateman's ceiling is like top right. twenty. Like mm-hmm. DJ Moore, that's kind of his floor. So the way I look Ooh. at it is, like DJ Moore, he's basically been top twenty the last couple of years, and like points per game a little bit worse. But I don't see him being less than that. If he hits mm-hmm. the ceiling this year, he's a top twenty wide receiver. I don't, I don't see the pat. Like I've been, I've been anti Almond or um, Rashad this year, right? Even though I loved him as a prospect, I just. And it's, it might backfire on me because it looks like they might pass a lot more than I thought. Mm-hmm. But I just still need to see it from Bateman because he was okay as a rookie. Like, he was dealing with injuries. So, like, there's kind of being a built-in excuse. But mm-hmm. he wasn't that great. But, like, DJ Moore had, like, freaking 28% target share last year. Right. If he does that with Baker, like, he could be top five. Like, that, like that's what people need to realize, like, how good this guy is. He's, he's an incredible talent. So, you can get him in, like, the fourth round, like, I'm doing that all day in drafts. I'm like, yep, just click Digimore, more, call again. I actually had a toss up between him and Pittman in one of my drafts last week, and I was like, I was like, no, nah, I love DJ more too much. I gotta take more Pittman. So right. like, that's that's kind of where the line was. Yeah, he was wide receiver 18 last year. So wow. yeah, I'm I'm very bullish on DJ Moore. So and there are a few people that are like crazy bullish, but I am. Hey, I'm all in you're selling me. You're selling me on DJ Moore. Remember, I'm a guy that I can't stand DJ Moore, and you just like, sold me DJ Moore. You just made me. <laughs> Draft him two more times this weekend. <laughs> yeah. so. He's like so he's but, like hey. Terry McLaurin, where McLaurin's the same thing, like bad situation, but That's he's true. just been a better wide receiver than McLaurin for fantasy. That's true. So like he's been more productive. So it's the same guy, and like they both get quarterback upgrades. And like I know everyone hates Wentz, but F one yeah. should be good this year too. So like yep. we should see both of them have like their best fantasy years this year. Right. Hey, I, I, it should I'm be a lot of fun. If if, if DJ Moore's gonna do what you said. I can steal this guy in the fifth and sixth round because there's plenty yeah. of guys oh, out there yeah, like yeah. me who say, oh, DJ Moore is not going to do anything. And remember, yeah. to start the year last year, DJ Moore did a lot of great things, remember? And mm-hmm. we were Those talking about DJ baby. Moore like being a top mm-hmm. top three, top five wide receiver. And then things kind of went downhill. Um, who do you have between Brees Hall and Zeke Elliott? Brees, I'm not. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't even want to touch Zeke at that cost. Um, Same. Yeah, it's he's the total volume play, and he actually has Pollard, who's a very good running back, pushing him like up his butt. So the two of them, 
Like, I would much rather have Brees. Like, he's young. And running backs from, like, age 21 to 24, like, that's where mm-hmm. they have their best seasons. And Brees is right in that window. So, yeah, you yeah. know, like, that's where they hit their ceiling because they still mm-hmm. have that explosive ability, which Zeke does not have anymore. Like, he's right. terrible at explosive plays. So, mm-hmm. what you're counting for Zeke is a good offense, but that line is falling apart. So, right. I'm very worried for Zeke this year. So, I don't want Zeke at that cost. Like, that's just – that's too much. I'm going to let someone else roster him. I'll take the upside play with Brees – and like I'll let someone else roster. And not only that, Brees Hall is 217 pounds. He's not a small guy. He's not a small guy, man. He's so explosive. All right, who are you taking between Dame Harris and Ramondre Stevenson? Ramondre, just because he's shown that he's a good pass catcher, and I don't know when Monty's coming back. Um, Ty Montgomery's coming back. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know when he comes back. So, like, ideally, Ramondre gets more receiving work. And, like, Harris will be fine. Like, they're probably going to be very close in points per game, realistically, right. just because they're going to split a lot of work. But in points in, like, PPR, I want the guy catching passes, and that's going to be yeah. Ramondre. But they're basically just, like, you know, they're pretty even. I'm not really sold on either one, but I'll mm-hmm. take the guy who's got the pass catching upside in Stevenson. I love it. In that league I was telling you about where um, I took all those guys and uh, all those running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with Reese Hall, Swift, and Eckler, I ended yeah. up getting the Ramondre Stevenson as my fourth or fifth <laughs> yeah, running right. back. So it was just an excellent draft, man. It was just one of those drafts for the ages that I can't. I, I'm like, I can't believe that you guys let me walk out of here with so much stuff. Um, yeah, those are the best when you just like walk out and you know like you dominated the draft. Right. It all came together. Like, I don't even got to do anything else. Like, let's just right. go to the playoffs. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Who do you like more between Waller and Schultz? I already know what Wall- you're going to say. Yeah, it's it's Waller. Like, Waller. Yeah, Waller's a freak. Sense. Waller's a converted wide receiver who's a freak. At, like, he's a high-end freak athlete. Like, like I don't right. think people understand how good of an athlete Waller is. And he's actually good at tight end on top of it. So, he's basically Schultz. Just on steroids is the way I look at him. Just because he's right. bigger, he's faster, he does everything you want from that upside. Yes, and he's sir. in an incredible offense too. Like right. they got Adams, like they've improved the offense. The line's still super questionable. So you know they're going to be using him in the passing game a lot. Yeah. Because Carr might not be able to chuck it downfield all game. So but like you just look at Waller and he's like he's that prototypical like build of tight end people chase. Mm-hmm. And he's already right. proven that he's a good tight end. So yeah, it, it's Waller for me. Okay. Good deal, good deal. Same here. Um, who do you have between golf, Jared Goff, Davis Mills, Danny Dimes? <laughs> oh gosh. I so if this is super flex, I'm taking golf because I want a floor. Yep. Like I, I I don't want either one of these guys to kill me. And Mills and Dimes could literally kill you. But in <laughs> in one QB, I'm gonna take the upside and it's Danny Dimes because he has rushing ability. Yep. So I'm yep. going to take that. And if he falls flat on his face, I will pick up somebody else on waivers who it's probably like somebody like Ryan Tannehill probably because people right. don't draft him. Like I would just take that. So right. I'll take the upside shot. I'm not going to be happy with having any of these guys in quarterback league, though. I would be like, I've done right. something wrong to end up with one of them three. Yeah, I had to ask this question because in our Superflex, for those of us who kind of faded QB2, we yeah. ended up with either Jared Goff, Davis Mills, or Danny Dimes. And for me, I take Jared Goff every single time. In Dynasty, I have yeah. plenty of shares of Jared Goff. I just think that Jared Goff is a decent enough quarterback 
I know the last two years have been kind of iffy, but you surround this guy with talent. They have a good offensive line. He can do some stuff. He might not be the yeah, best I mean, quarterback, but he can put up numbers. Look at, it, yeah, look at his <laughs> Rams stat line. They're, he was, like, good with the Rams. So, basically, mm-hmm. you're surrounding him with talent all over the field, which they've done a good job of. So, he doesn't have to be Superman. He just has to get them exactly. the Exactly. And then the last one is Justin Fields or Tua Tagovailoa. So same scenario. If it's one QB, I'm taking the upside shot with Fields. And I don't like it at all. Like it terrifies me just because (laughs) that team is trash. Like they're if they're not the worst team in the league, they are like bottom three. So he's he's missing talent. So basically if Fields is going to be good, he's going to be doing it himself this year because that line is atrocious. Like, if you watch that line, he's running yeah. for his life. He's not going to have any time. Um, if it's super flex, I am 100% taking Tua. I'm not, like, I want the safety. Like, I don't want to risk it because a super flex, man, if you don't have quarterbacks, say Fields busts and you don't have it, like, you know Tua is not going to bust. So you right. know what you're getting out of Tua, and he could actually be pretty good this year Would they surround him with two elite receiving assets, and, like, he'll be good. So I'll take Tua. Just because he's cheaper either as well. So, like, you can get him. He's not going to cost as much as Fields. And then you just ride it with him. So, it's like, it's it's two for me. I love when I go live and, and I get that question. So, here's a bonus question for you. Does my team's quarterback is Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, running backs are Najee Harris, Pollard, Melvin Gordon. Yikes. I know. <laughs> Wide receivers are CD uh, Lamb, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. Oh, gosh. Tight Those wide receivers are Everett. 12-man ESPN full PPR. Then he has another follow-up question. He says, should I accept a trade where I send away um, Deontay and Olave and receive Marquise Brown and Mike Thomas and Amari Cooper? I'll let you have this one. All right. So I am going to say yes because if as long as that's Michael Thomas, not the Mike Thomas I've been cut. (laughs) Um, So I love Hollywood. I'm a Hollywood guy. Michael Thomas is a stud. So, like, um, and is this, like, did they say it was redraft for people like Dynasty? Yeah, redraft. It was redraft. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, hold on for a second. Um, Deontay is a stud, but, like, I have him and Hollywood, like, very similar this year. And then I have Michael Thomas outscoring Olave. As long as he's healthy, like, I know we love Olave, but, like, Thomas has been elite his entire career. So, you know what you're getting. So, you're getting upgrade, and then you're getting Cooper thrown in just for, you know, just, just for fun. So, yeah, like I, I would happily take that. But I would say you should be trading for a running back and finding a running back instead of trading really good wide receivers for more wide receivers because your team's already stacked a wide receiver, so you don't need to. But, I mean, that trade makes you better, so I don't mind it at all. So, yeah, I would I would do that trade. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I agree. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah, Olave is a rookie, and, you know, sometimes you, you don't hit on these rookie wide receivers and redraft. So, for the most part, if I can trade one, like, I, okay, I have love for Rashad Bateman, and I almost traded for Rashad Bateman to stack with Lamar Jackson. And being for the fact that I had DJ Moore in the ninth round, he drafted Bateman way too high in the sixth round. That's I was great. trying to yeah. trade. I was trying to trade, but but you know what? I'm going to keep DJ Moore after yeah. everything that you told me now. It just makes yes. more sense me keeping DJ Moore. I was going to yes. offer him like DJ Moore and Sky Moore because I had so no. many, you know. Under that. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that because now it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Just for my love for, for, for Bateman and because I got DJ Moore at a, such a good value, it's almost yeah. like crazy to let that 
value go at the, in the ninth round? Because you draft yeah, a dog, now you want to come in mm-hmm. and capitalize on me. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Next time you draft better, okay? You had right. opportunities. You took mm. Gabe Davis and, and, and Rashad Bateman over DJ Moore. Crazy. That's yeah. I don't. So I saw <laughs> DJ Moore's like in your draft board when I was looking at that. I was like, he's like a shining light of like, <laughs> what are people? What are people doing here? Like ninth round's crazy. Like I get it. Like he's been like, frustrating. I saw so other guys. Believe, I think that ninth round pick is probably going to win me this league. If he hits, CD yeah. Lamb so in if the fourth in DJ and DJ Moore in the ninth, those two and that's me saying I'm not going to draft wide receivers. You see what I'm saying? That's me f- fading wide receivers, and I still <laughs> get wide receivers, and I get the running backs that I wanted. Plus, yeah, Schultz is a tight end that I believe, you know, and then Lamar Jackson. I mean, come on, man. Then yeah, like, they gave me a bench as well. So that was a beautiful <laughs> draft, man. This is just yeah, an awesome, awesome show. That's beautiful. Man, thank you so much for coming on, man. I had a blast. We definitely have to do this again, especially when it gets on and popping. Usually around this time, even though it's late, I get a lot of people that come into mm-hmm. the chat. Sometimes they come randomly from uh, from from YouTube and ask their little questions and things of that nature. So once it you know things pop off, I'll definitely love to have you come back. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can the people find you? So you can the majority of my stuff's on Twitter. Like I'm on Twitter way too much. So you'll see me on Twitter all the time, but <laughs> it's um, at the bottom of the screen. It's J. My last name is Moeller. So M O E L L E R zero five. Um, you can search me on Twitter or just type in Jesse Moore. I'll pop up. And then the website I work with is FF league winners. You can find them on Twitter. Um, and that's where all my published content is. So if you're looking for more articles and not just quick little tweets, you know, like stuff that's more detailed has my, my research and thought process behind it. Like that's where you can find that stuff. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Man, thank you so much for coming on once again. Guys, this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Also, this is the Talking Sports with Manny podcast. For those of you guys that are going to be listening to this on the audio version, whether you're going to work or whatever, please subscribe. Please like. Please rate. For those watching on YouTube, please like. Please subscribe. Please share. Helps with the algorithm and just helps to build the show and build a product. So thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on once again. And we definitely got to do this again. Thank you so much for having me, man. I very much appreciate it. It was a great time today. Yes, sir. All right, man. We are out. Peace.